I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Well, prices are up just about everywhere. We know inflation is part of that, but that's not the only reason. And as we go through the summer months, prices are up on all kinds of important summer necessities, bike helmets, pool fencing, uh, things that make uh, summer a little more fun and a little more safe and become more expensive and more dangerous. And so we want to explore why that is. Uh, It's not necessarily a Putin price hike. It might have much more to do with places like China and things like tariffs. And to help us break that down, Eric Bame, reporter for Reason, joins us on the line today. Eric, thanks for jumping on. Glad to be here as always, Boyd. Thanks for having me. All right. So let's let's dive into this. Uh, let's talk about it from a tariff standpoint, uh, from a China standpoint. Uh, why is it your piece today at Reason.com talked about uh, how tariffs are making summer more expensive and actually less safe? Tell us about it. Yeah, that's right. It's actually been a series of pieces that we've run this week at Reason, uh, some by myself, some by the other Eric who works at Reason, our intern who's here at the moment, um, (laughs) looking at uh, companies that were testifying this week in front of the U.S. International Trade Commission. Uh, That's one of those like really down in the weeds kind of uh, commissions that operates here in Washington, D.C. And the the ITC is in the process of completing a uh, mandatory review of the first four years that we've had these new tariffs on China. Of course, your listeners are probably at least somewhat familiar with. They may remember back in 2018, uh, President Donald Trump slapped uh, some new tariffs on steel imports and aluminum imports from uh, many different places around the world. And then and then following that in the summer of 2018, imposed uh, the, the first of what ended up being actually like four different waves of tariffs on a variety of goods from China. Um, a, a lot of these tariffs, you know, at first, the first wave or two, a lot of it was aimed at industrial inputs. So, you know, not necessarily, you know, things as as much as uh, like raw steel and aluminum as like finished goods that you might make with those products. But as it went along, uh, these tariffs increasingly started carving into consumer goods. And uh, that's what a, a good chunk of the, the companies that were testifying this week in front of the commission were companies uh, like, for example, Lifesaver Pool Fence Incorporated. This is a company in Florida. The one thing they make is fencing that you can put around your in-ground pool to keep kids from accidentally, you know, toddlers from accidentally wandering in and uh, potentially falling in. And uh, they get the material that they make that fence out of from uh, from China. And they don't really have any other sources. And so their their products have become more expensive. It's now harder. It's, it's more expensive for Americans to afford basic uh, safety items like that for your backyard. Bike helmets, uh, another thing that's been hit by those same uh, tariffs, because most of those are, are made in China as well. Uh, I, I want to go back to the, the Lifesaver example. Again, this is a company that creates the fencing that you can put around your pool to keep your toddler from from drowning in that pool. Uh, And uh, you had uh, in your piece uh, a quote from them that they estimated that the company had paid about one point two million in tariffs uh, over the last four years. What's the impact of that and how does that ultimately impact uh, the consumer's ability to purchase those life saving fences for pools? Yeah, that's right. That came from Neil Mooney, who is an attorney who's representing Lifesaver. 
um, in front of the commission. And this is a company uh, that's, a, you know, it's a small business, really. It started in a, in the, the founder started it out of his garage. You know, this is the type of thing that you can, you know, if you, if you can find the right sources for the materials, right? I mean, it's a thing that you can put together and sell right out of your home. Um, now it employs a few dozen people, but you're right. Uh, they, they say that they've paid over $1.2 million in tariffs over the past four years and that twice they've had to raise their prices uh, specifically because of the tariffs is what their attorney says. Um, and uh, they said that that is, of course, you know, prices go up. That means fewer people can afford to buy, right? Volume of sales goes down, and uh, therefore there are fewer pools who are protected uh, by their product. So, uh, again, their attorney here has made the point to the commission that the economic impact of these uh, tariffs is not only felt by, by companies like Lifesaver and their employees, but also ultimately by the consumers, by American families who either have to pay more for this product or who may choose not to buy it, uh, may forego that protection. Um, and so, and, and we're seeing this, you know, this is just a, one example. I think it's a good example, a microcosm of kind of the broader implications that this tariff policy has had for lots of American small businesses and for lots of American consumers. Yeah, and, that, and let's broaden that into the American consumers. So what, what has this really meant in terms of dollars and cents to uh, American consumers? Because obviously these kinds of things, uh, the cost ultimately gets passed on to the consumer. Yeah, that's right. I mean, ultimately, tariffs are taxes, right? That's that's really all they are. Uh, they are a uh, policy that says if you want to import some product into the United States, you have to pay an extra tax for the privilege of doing it. And so it adds that cost into the supply chain. And then that cost filters out in different ways throughout the supply chain. Um, how that's affected consumers depends on you. We've had a, a number of different studies that have looked at this. Um, the uh, National Taxpayers Union Foundation, which is a, a nonprofit here in D.C., who's done a lot of extensive work on this, they estimate that Americans have paid about $136 billion in higher costs mm. as a result of tariffs. That boils down to about $1,000 per household. So, you know, that's not an astronomical amount. But uh, how many households out there right now would love to have an extra $1,000 in their pocket, right? Yeah. Um, and the tariffs have added to inflation, too. So some of this is difficult to calculate because it just sort of gets mixed into the, the milieu of of other government policies and other economic issues that are adding to inflation. Uh, the Peterson Institute for International Economics, which is a, a global think tank that looks at trade policy and macroeconomics all around the world, they estimate that reducing uh, tariffs by, by repealing the Trump tariffs and also making some other changes to tariff policy as well that they've recommended, uh, you could reduce inflation overall by about 1%. Mm. Again, that's not going to single-handedly solve inflation. It's not going to you know single-handedly make American households uh, overwhelmingly wealthier, but uh, every little bit helps right now. And, and I think those types of things on the margins that are obviously adding to inflation, obviously making it more difficult for you to afford just basic goods. Um, that's uh, that's something that obviously, you know, in my opinion, the White House and Congress should be looking at. Yeah. And so as so as we do look at that, uh, just in our last couple of minutes here is uh, obviously this trade war started under President Trump. Uh, why is it that the Biden administration uh, is, is kind of dragging its feet in terms of maybe repeal some of those things that you uh, heard uh, business owners testify of in terms of what that would do, what that would even do to inflation. Uh, what seems to be the holdup uh, at the White House and in Congress? Yeah, I think there's a couple of things, and it, and it really is the White House, although Congress could do, and, and under Trump did try to do some things. There were a couple of sort of half attempts at repealing the tariffs. Uh, there really just isn't the motivation in Congress to do anything about this. 
Uh, the White House unilaterally imposed these tariffs, you know, a different White House, but, the, the you know, a different administration. But the White House could unilaterally repeal these as well if it wanted to. Um, and I think the holdup is kind of twofold. On one hand, there's the uh, this is, I think, a dumb argument, but there is the appearance argument, right, of, of like appearing to be soft on China if you repeal these tariffs. That's nonsensical because ultimately it's American consumers and businesses that are paying these tariffs. But there's like a political you know, question of how that would look for Biden. Um, and then the more practical one, and I think the more realistic reason for why they've been slow uh, and, and why they may never repeal these tariffs has to do with the fact that really like this is a policy that that the political left has wanted for a long time. It's not mm. it's, it's kind of unusual that we had a Republican <laughs> president implement these tariffs because that's the sort of thing that like unions have pushed for uh, right. typically. And, and you know, that's a, that's a policy the political left often uh, often pushes for. So so Biden and his you know, labor union backers have kind of been gifted a policy here that they may never have been able to enact on their own uh, that other Democratic administrations you know, would have would have probably failed to do. Um, and so I think there is probably some hesitancy to roll them back because of the political uh, implications there, the political calculation that goes into this. Yeah, I think it's interesting that one of the strongest actually in these hearings this week, there was a there was testimony from uh, from an expert at the uh, the Economic Policy Institute, EPI, which is one of the most left leaning progressive uh, think tanks in D.C. on economic policy. And they were like vocally, loudly in favor of the tariffs. They were saying, like, (laughs) look, Biden should keep the tariffs in place. It was a great decision to put them in place. And so that sort of thing, I think, should really give conservatives pause to think, like, well, wait a minute. Hold on. (laughs) The think tank that's funded by the unions is in favor of this. Maybe we shouldn't have done it. We should think again. Yeah, I love the wraparound issues. Those are great. (laughs) Eric Baines, reporter for Reason Magazine, Reason.com. Great pieces as always. And help. uh, thanks for helping us break that down today. Thanks a lot, Boyd. All right. I want to step aside for bottom of the hour news. We're talking about the gas price wars and uh, who's accusing who of what in terms of the cost you're paying at the pump. Stick with us on Inside Sources. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson. And unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.